Welcome to the West Virginia Soccer Association Beyond the Pitch podcast here on the West Virginia Soccer Association Digital Network. My name is Marcus Cole. Now, before we begin today's show, I want to remind you that once you've had a chance to check out our program, make sure you give our podcast a five-star rating and follow us wherever you get your podcasts. That helps you stay up to date on all the latest content from us, and it helps us get the word out to others and let them know that we're providing valuable information for soccer players, coaches, referees, and parents. On the phone with us today is registered dietitian Jamie Cooper. Jamie, welcome to the program. Hi, Marcus. Thank you for having me. Well, thank you for being here. And why don't we go ahead and get, uh, since it's the first time you've been on our podcast, why don't you go ahead and give our audience just a brief history about your qualifications and experience. Awesome. So professionally, I've been a dietitian for five years now. I've worked in variety of settings um, with all lifespans, so with infants, um, all the way up to, you know, the older population. Um, I currently work in a behavioral health hospital, an acute care hospital. So I work with teenagers um, on up until the geriatric age, dealing with eating disorders, mood disorders, polysubstance abuse, Alzheimer's, dementia. So um, I get a good variety, but my adolescents generally have um present with a lot of disordered eating and eating disorders. In my private practice, uh, I work with elite soccer players to improve performance using an all-foods-fit approach, making sure that they're eating enough. Um, but I see a lot of parallels with my hospital job with those, um, with those of my athletes um, with issues around food and their relationship with food in their body. Well, that's the exact reason so, why we, that's the reason yeah. why we wanted to have you on the program. Cause you're, you're exactly who we were looking for as part of the series uh, that we're doing on eating disorders. Now we've spoken with a collegiate soccer player, uh, Kiergan Johnson up at Fairmont state university. Uh, she has an eating disorder. She's in the process of, of, of recovering from it. And, um, we spoke with a psychotherapist specializing in eating disorders. And now we want to talk to you, uh, to kind of give us some overall thoughts about an eating disorder from your perspective as a registered dietitian. What are those, what's that perspective like? Yeah. So I think, um, you know, we generally think of, you know, eating disorders affecting um, certain sports like gymnastics, wrestling Um, from soccer players. From my perspective, I see a lot of players that try to emulate um, their role models uh, people that they look up to because of the certain diet that they do and, you know, and body composition that they're trying to get. So social media does play a huge um, part in, you know, promoting this comparison, which makes players often more focused on healthy foods, which are often low calorie, which can affect performance. So, I think players believe that if they eat like their role models, they'll look like their role models and thus play like that. And that can be, um, that can cause some, some issues. Now, um, in the past shows, um, 
in talking to our collegiate soccer player and the psychotherapist, you know, they, they did mention big time that it comes down to that relationship with food. What should a good relationship look like for a youth soccer player with their food? Yeah, so I'm a huge uh, proponent of an all foods fit approach. And this can seem scary to some because I hear a lot, well, but if I'm allowed to have all foods, I won't be able to control myself. Um, and sure, at the beginning, that may be the case because you haven't, you've restricted yourself from it. Um, but I want to really encourage players to include all foods, give permission to eat all foods so that they can enjoy food um, and also, you know, eat in a way that makes them feel good. Um, and one of the ways that I like to teach my players is, you know, when all foods are equal, that doesn't mean that they're all nutritionally equal, but they're all morally equal. So a brownie may not be nutritionally the same as an apple, but morally they are neither good nor bad. So both foods can provide different levels of satisfaction, texture, taste, and fullness. Um, and this can be difficult for parents and coaches because we want kids to be healthy, um, but it's restricting foods that can actually cause individuals to binge on it later, thus making them feel guilty that they didn't have self-control, willpower, or discipline. And, and that's so important, too, because, yeah, like you mentioned, when you when you start restricting things, they become probably more desirable in our psyche. Um, and why can't I have that? I should be able to have that um, type of scenario. Yeah. And, you know, and what's what's interesting is when we talk to our collegiate soccer player, um, one big thing that she mentioned is that she didn't like how her body looked when she needed to consume more calories uh, because of the athletic activities uh, that she was putting her body through. Um, talk to us about why it is important for athletes to consume more calories than maybe their non-athlete friends. Yeah, so this is, this is really important. I think to first understand this, we need to normalize that during teenage years, they're going to gain weight it is expected for their development to gain this weight um, to get them into, you know, the next life cycle. But more specifically for athletes, um, you know, they do need more calories because in order to play at the top of their game, they're going to need to prioritize calories in the forms of consistent meals, which I often get a lot of players that are skipping at least one. Um, and that can that can be detrimental to their performance. But they also need frequent snacks, um, which is going to help you know get more get more energy needs, but also cause that weight gain, which is still a good thing. Um, so that they can repair their muscles, they can make sure that they're repleting their carbohydrate stores that they've used up during that training or that gain. Um, and as well, the brain gets priority. For fuel and then the body so we need to make sure that you know athletes they're not just athletes they're going to be students so we want to make sure that their brain has enough energy to function in the classroom as well as being mentally uh prepared for their training or their games so yes they do need more calories because they're going to be expending a whole lot of calories 
Now, you mentioned, obviously, um, a couple of points about this next question I'm going to ask you, but can you uh, elaborate a little bit more of how our body reacts when we underfuel or skip meals, both both physically and yes. mentally? Yes, this one's, this one's huge um, because it doesn't take a whole lot for us to be underfueled, but one, low energy or fatigue. So um, it could be where a player is not able to last as long as they normally would in a game, or maybe they're unable to play, you know, a certain amount of time. It could be difficulty concentrating or processing or they get confused a whole lot quicker. So their decision-making on a ball is a lot uh, more poor or they're delayed, you know, they may have delayed reaction time. So keepers, um, may not be able to react as quickly to shots or that central midfielder is not able to make, you know, decisions that they would normally be able to make, um, and, and leading to poor, uh, poor performance. It also could be poor training adaptation. So they're not able to recover as quickly from the previous training sessions or games, mood swings. Um, this one is, is, I think pretty easy for people to to spot, but if they start to get more irritable um, or they get hangry, we all know what hangry is. Oh yeah, we've um, seen, we, we've seen the Snickers they, commercials. Yes, <laughs> I love those commercials. Those are some of my favorites because I feel like I feel like they really got me. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, hangry. I think we all experience that or anxiety and depression. So when we don't have when we're when we're restricting our food, we can actually um, we're causing our bodies to be a little bit more anxious because it's asking for food, um, and also just more increase in injuries. So when we're not eating enough, when we don't have enough energy available, um, this can actually affect our energy level, which then affects our reproductive level, which then affects our bone health, which causes us to get more stress factors or bones are breaking. So these things are really, you know, they, they happen on, you know, they happen over time, but there can be some immediate effects and then there could be some long-term effects. And then of course, uh, loss of lean muscle mass. So there's some, some pretty big, uh, big issues when it comes to underfueling. And it's amazing just how everything is linked to one thing, linked to another, linked to another. Um, you know, you bring up such great points, especially, you know, having uh, some expertise in the soccer uh, athlete perform. You know, soccer players, unlike other sports, you know, where there's some breaks and there's timeouts and there's this soccer's a free-flowing sport for you know, however long you play at whatever age you play at, and you're always constantly making decisions on the fly, Mm -hmm. and you're being asked to do so much in such a short amount of time that anytime, you know, that you underfuel or, you know, you skip a meal or whatever, you're putting your body at a greater risk of picking up an injury or picking up, you know, making making a bad decision. And, and that type of thing. And I think that's something that maybe our athletes don't think enough about. I go back to the, uh, I, I know, uh, read a lot of research in regards to hydration and our athletes being under hydrated, um, 
Mm-hmm. And and just how much even just being off a little bit on hydration can affect. Oh my gosh! It, I mean, that, I mean that's those are great. I mean, create stats to have to to talk to our athletes, right? Yes, and it doesn't take much. Um, it doesn't take much with hydration. It doesn't take much with food, but also like in the same token, like it doesn't take much to just get your body, you know, some energy. Um, we just need to be consistent with it and we need to be intentional about it, um, especially as an athlete, because, you know, we are, our athletic careers are so short. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we want to make sure that we are, um, and the athletes are really making sure that they're, they're really taking care of their bodies so that when they are done with soccer, um, they can still have a good relationship with food and still be active. So that's what I try to work on with, with my players. Yeah. Intentional is a great word. I've always talked to athletes about, you know, being mindful with their eating and making sure they understand mm-hmm. and, and, you know, that, you know, sometimes you, you, you need to eat to, to recover after a match or whatever, and to kind of listen to your body a little bit. And, um, you know, yeah. I mean, those are some great points. Um, what are some red flags that we can look for, uh, whether we're a coach, whether we're a parent, or even if we're a teammate, if we suspect someone may have an eating disorder, may be going down that road of having an eating disorder from that food relationship point of view? What are some red flags? Yeah. Um, so some things that I look for um, are going to be a preoccupation with a certain type of food, um, calories, a particular weight. Um, they may be thinking about food 24 seven. They may be uncomfortable eating around others. So like if you're at a tournament, um, and your teammate, you know, is always just kind of brushing you off. It doesn't mean they have an eating disorder, but you know, try to pay attention. Um, cause maybe they're skipping meals. Uh, they may, like I said, they may avoid eating around others. They may avoid social events involving food. So those tournaments or, you know, if y'all go to the same school, um, someone is not going to necessarily come out and say, like, I don't like eating with you or I don't like eating around others, but seeing those trends, um, skipping meals. So athletes, especially, we want to make sure that, you know, they are eating consistently. If we notice any weight fluctuations, um, or if they're going to the, to the bathroom, you know, every time after they've eaten, doesn't mean they have an eating disorder, but something to kind of keep your eye out on. Um, if they're always complaining of stomach issues, sometimes lactose intolerance, I see it a lot in my clinic, but, um, lactose intolerance and gluten intolerance constipation, those type of complaints can often be um, related to disordered eating um, or eating disorders. Not all the time, but it's something that I look for. Dry skin, dry hair, um, yeah, hair loss. Uh, they get sick a lot frequently. It just means that their immune system's not very, you know, is not very strong. So those are some of the things that I would, I would look at. Um, but especially for family, friends, and teammates, like if you're noticing that someone's constantly talking about a particular food and how good it would be, or if you see that they, and then when they get it, they don't eat a whole lot of it. Um, those are some signs that I would, 
I would look for. And I, and, and you bring up a great key is that we, we, we have to be diligent as coaches and as parents and as teammates to keep our eyes open for things like that. I mean, we're not necessarily Mm -hmm. going out of our way to make sure that, you know, that anytime something we, you know, out of the ordinary happens that, oh, it's, oh, she's got a deceiving eating disorder. He has an eating disorder or whatever. Mm -hmm. But I mean, we need to look, you know, we need to look for patterns. We need to look for uh, changes. We need to be aware of, of that type of stuff. Now, if, if Mm -hmm. someone recognizes um, that they have an eating disorder, uh, a player, and they seek help from a licensed mental health professional, why is it so important to get a registered dietitian involved in the recovery process? Yeah, uh, this one um, I'm thankful to to work with a great team because as a dietitian, I cannot diagnose an eating disorder. Um, it's classified as a psychological um, disorder, but we are often the first to notice um, these patterns and can bring it to the attention of the team so that we can, you know, really make sure that we're supporting that, you know, that patient, that athlete. Um, and this is really, you know, a dietitian is going to be able to assess the nutritional um, compromise that that eating disorder has, has affected the, the, the patient um, and really make sure that the patient can follow a meal plan and have meal supervision to support them um, because it is tough. Um, but dietitians are going to be super important in the recovery. Um, and I, you know, I, I'm the type of person that, you know, likes to get ahead of things. And so dietitians really can help challenge a lot of the disordered eating patterns that our culture um, likes to disguise as health um, that can really lead down the road towards an eating disorder. So I really, you know, I think the dietitians can be really helpful and you, re- you want to make sure that you're working with a dietitian that's um, haze aligned or intuitive eating because uh, haze stands for health at every size. Um, and that doesn't mean that everyone is healthy at every size. It means that everyone deserves health um, regardless of what their size is. Um, so it's, it's less weight centric, um, and more weight inclusive. Yeah, I, I, yeah, that's, that's a important point to bring up too. Um, it's, it's, um, uh, just so important because I remember talking to Kerrigan Johnson. She was our collegiate soccer player and, you know, she's, uh, it's been a year now since she first admitted, uh, she kept it a secret for five months and she finally came out and told her parents and, you know, she got great support from her family. She got great support from her teammates. And, you know, she Mm -hmm. said it's a constant battle for her now, you know, some days are great, you know, she'll be going along real good and then have a bad day. And, and, you know, and she seeks out her, uh, her therapist, she seeks out her, uh, registered dietitian just to kind of, you know, get, some advice or, you know, Hey, I'm struggling with this. What are your thoughts on that? And that's why I just believe it's so important that we, you need to have a registered dietitian, uh, involved in the process to, you know, help along with the, with the therapist, um, before we wrap things up here. So go ahead. 
I was going to say, like, she is to to ask for help, I think, is is one of the, you know, it's not an easy thing to do to recognize that, you know, you're you're struggling. But I just have to commend her um, for being brave and being vulnerable enough to to know that she needed help and to ask for it, because a lot of people don't or they wait too long. And, you know, dietitians, the doctors, the nurses, like, we all come from a place of no judgment. Like, we're here to help. Um, and we want to make sure that, you know, these athletes and these patients are able to live full lives. All right. Now, Jamie, as we wrap up things, if you could just give a youth soccer player one piece of advice when it comes to their relationship with food, what would that one piece of advice be? Keep your eyes on your own plate. No matter what, you know, your aunt says, your teammates, your coach, um, the player that you want to grow up being, understanding what works for you and understanding that you have your own needs and you have foods that you enjoy, whether that's culturally or foods that your family makes, those things are important and you don't have to make drastic changes because, you know, Carly Lloyd eats this way or Ronaldo eats this way. Like find what works for you. Um, And if you're still confused, get help from a registered dietitian. Yeah, you bring, you bring up such a great point. Everybody's different. You don't know what uh, uh, health issues or, or even even idiot, what works with whose body. Everybody's different. There's no yeah. there's no one way to do this. It's a it's amazing uh, how different we all are when it comes to to stuff like that. So yeah, you you're a hundred percent correct. You know, do what do what's right for you, no matter you know what they say or you know some sort of pressures that you get from. Uh, from others around you and and that type of thing but uh, uh, Jamie we we appreciate you coming on the show today to uh, talk and before we go um, you're a wonderful follow on social media if someone is interested in following you you put out a lot of great content Uh, where can they find you you on uh, the various platforms yes so on Instagram is the main one that I focus on um, and I am the soccer.nutritionist and, you know, I say I focus mainly on athletes and trying to make sure that they have good relationships with food as well as increasing, you know, improving their performance. So um, I encourage people to send me DMs with questions. Uh, I'm an open book. So I want to I want to help athletes. It doesn't have to be a soccer player, um, but that's generally who I work with. Yeah, if you go through any of her Instagram stories where she'll sit there, she'll have about 10, 12, 13 little segments where people ask her questions and she's just responding to them. It's wonderful, you know, providing all the great information to, uh, to all these, uh, uh, players out there, but, uh, you know, follow her on social media. Uh, you know, if you go to any of our social media platforms, we're, uh, we're sharing a lot of the stuff that she, uh, she puts out, uh, so you can follow there. Uh, but Jamie, thank you so much for being on our program and talking to us about eating disorders today. We appreciate it. Thank you so much, Marcus. I, I really appreciate it and, and having the time to talk with your, your players.
Well, thank you. And thank you for listening to the West Virginia Soccer Association Beyond the Pitch podcast here on the West Virginia Soccer Association Digital Network. Now that you've heard our show, make sure you give our podcast a five-star rating and follow us wherever you get your podcasts. We'll be back next Thursday with another episode. So we hope to see you next week. Take care.